Welcome to Golden Gems with Dave Shaw and Bill Hansen. We review each week the career and personal life of one of the great unforgettable artists of the golden days of radio. So please join with us on a trip down memory lane as we take a look at today's artist. Then go to our website, www.goldengems.net, where we will also look at more of their career and play some of their most unforgettable great hits, which we are unable to share on the podcast. We invite you to join us there also. But for now, sit back and relax as we talk about the life of today's unforgettable artist of the golden days of radio. Well, this is Dave Sean, Bill Hansen, once again, welcoming you to our podcast, featuring some of the greatest artists of all time, particularly in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Today, we are going to be talking about Helen Reddy. She just recently passed away, so we felt the need to, to feature her today in this podcast, as well as our webcast. Helen Maxine Reddy was born on October 25, 1941, into a well-known Australian show business family in Melbourne to actress-singer and dancer Stella Campbell and Maxwell David Max Reddy, a writer, producer, and actor. Her mother performed at the Majestic Theatre in Sydney and was best known as a regular cast member on the television programs Homicide 1964, Country Town 1971, and Bellbird 1967. During Reddy's childhood, she was educated at Tin Turn Grammar. Her half-sister, Tony Lamond, and her nephew, Tony Sheldon, are actor-singers. Reddy had Irish, Scottish, and English ancestry. Her great-great-grandfather, Edward Reddy, was born 1855 in Dublin, Ireland. Her Scottish great-grandfather, Thomas Lamond, was a one-time mayor of Waterloo, New South Wales, whose patron was Hercules Robinson, First Baron Rosemead, Patsy Reddy, New Zealand's Governor General, is a distant cousin. Reddy was born during World War II. Her father was a sergeant in the Australian Army with a unit of entertainers. He served alongside one of his actor friends, Peter Finch. They were serving together in New Guinea at the time of Reddy's birth. Her father returned to service during the Korean War. At age four, Reddy joined her parents on the Australian vaudeville circuit, singing and dancing, she recalled. It was instilled in me, you will be a star. So between the ages of 12 and 17, I got rebellious and decided this was not for me. I was going to be a housewife and mother. At age 12, due to her parents' constant touring nationwide and their arguing, Reddy went to live with her paternal aunt, Helen Nell Reddy who was a role model, and as her aunt, she gave her niece stability, a sense of morality and strength for her future career as a singer who motivated women. The younger Helen's teenage rebellion in favor of domesticity manifested as marriage to Kenneth Claude Wheat, a considerably older musician and family friend. Divorce ensued, however, and to support herself as a single mother to daughter Tracy, she resumed her performing career, concentrated on singing since health problems precluded dancing as she had a kidney removed at 17. Reddy recalled her 1966 appearances at Three Rivers Inn in Syracuse, New York, saying, 
There was like 12 people in the audience. As typical of her early U.S. performing career, her lack of a work permit made it difficult to obtain singing jobs, and she was forced to make trips to Canada, which did not require work permits for citizens of the Commonwealth countries. In 1968, Martin St. James, an Australian stage hypnotist she had met in New York City, threw ready a party with an admission price of five U.S. dollars, which was equivalent to 36 in today's money, to enable Reddy, then down to her last $12, to pay her rent. On this occasion, Reddy met her future manager and husband, Jeff Wald, a 22-year-old secretary at the Williams Morris Agency, who crashed the party. Reddy told People in 1975, Wald didn't pay his $5, but it was love at first sight. Wald recalled that Reddy and he married three days after meeting, and along with their daughter Tracy, the couple took up residence at the Hotel Albert in Greenwich Village. Reddy later stated that she married Wald out of desperation over her right to work and live in the United States. According to New York Magazine, Wald was fired from William Morris soon after having met Reddy, and Helen supported them for six months during a $35 a night hospital and charity benefits. They were so broke that they snuck out of the hotel room carrying their clothes in paper bags. Reddy recalled when we did eat, it was spaghetti, and we spent what little money we had on cockroach spray. <laughs> they left New York City for Chicago, and Wall landed a job as talent coordinator at Mr. Kelly's. While in Chicago, Reddy gained a reputation singing in local lounges, including Mr. Kelly's, and in 1968, she landed a deal with Fontana Records, a division of major label Chicago-based Mercury Records. Her first single, One Way Ticket, on Fontana, was not an American hit, but it did give Reddy her first appearance on any chart, as it peaked at number 83 in her native Australia. Within a year, Wald relocated Reddy and Tracy to Los Angeles, where he was hired at Capitol Records, the label under which Reddy was to attain stardom. However, Wald was hired and fired the same day. <laughs> at the same time in 1969, Reddy enrolled at the University of California, Los Angeles, to study parapsychology and philosophy part-time. Reddy became frustrated as Wald found success managing such acts as Deep Purple and Tiny Tim without making any evident effort to promote her. After 18 months of career inactivity, Reddy gave Wald an ultimatum. He must either vitalize her career or get out. Jeff threw himself into his new career as Mr. Helen Reddy. Five months of phone calls to Capitol Records executive Artie Mogul finally paid off. Mogul agreed to let Helen cut one single if Jeff promised not to call for a month. She did I Believe in Music, penned by Mac Davis, backed with I Don't Know How to Love Him, from Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber's Jesus Christ Superstar. The A-side fell flat, but then some Canadian DJs flipped the record over and it became a hit number 13 in June 1971, and Helen Reddy was on her way. Reddy's stardom was solidified when her single I Am Woman reached number one 
on the Billboard Hot 100 in December 1972. The song was co-written by Reddy with Ray Burton. Reddy attributed the impetus for writing I Am Woman and her early awareness of the women's movement to expatriate Australian rock critic and pioneer feminist Lillian Roxon. Reddy is quoted in Fred Bronson's The Billboard Book of Number One Hits as having said that she was looking for songs to record which reflected the positive self-image she had gained from joining the women's movement, but could not find any. So I realized that the song I was looking for didn't exist, and I was going to have to write it myself. I Am Woman was recorded and released in May 1972, but barely dented the charts in its initial release. However, female listeners soon adopted the song as an anthem and began requesting it from their local radio stations in droves, resulting in its September chart re-entry and eventual number one peak. I Am Woman earned Reddy a Grammy Award for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. At the award ceremony, Reddy concluded her acceptance speech by famously thanking God because she makes everything possible. <laughs> the, act, the success of I Am Woman made Reddy the first Australian singer to top the U.S. charts. Three decades after her Grammy, Reddy discussed the song's iconic status. I think it came along at the right time. I'd gotten involved in the women's movement, and there were a lot of songs on the radio about being weak and being dainty and all those sort of things. All the women in my family, they were strong women. They worked. They lived through the Depression and a world war, and they were just strong women. And I certainly didn't see myself as being dainty, she said. At the height of her fame in the mid-1970s, Reddy was a headliner with a full chorus of backup singers and dancers to standing-room-only crowds on the Las Vegas Strip. Among Reddy's opening acts were Joan Rivers, David Letterman, Bill Cosby, and Barry Manilow. In 1976, Reddy recorded the Beatles song, The Fool on the Hill, for a music documentary, All This and World War II. Reddy was most successful on the Easy Listening chart, scoring eight number one hits there over a three-year span, from Delta Dawn in 1973 to I Can't Hear You No More in 1976. However, the latter track evidenced a sharp drop in popularity for Reddy, with a number 29 peak on the Billboard Hot 100. Reddy's 1977 remake of Celia Black's 1964 hit, You're My World, indicated comeback potential with a number 18 peak. But this track, co-produced by Kim Fowley, would prove to be Reddy's last top 40 hit. Its parent album, Ear Candy, Reddy's 10th album, became her first album to not attain at least gold status since her second full-length release, 1972's Helen Reddy. In 1978, Reddy sang as a backup singer on Gene Simmons' solo album, the song True Confessions. Of Reddy's eight subsequent single releases on Capitol, five reached the easy listening top 50, including Candle on the Water from the 1977 film Pete's Dragon, which also starred Reddy. Without the impetus of any major hits, 
Reddy's Four Capital album, released subsequent to Ear Candy, failed to chart. In 1981, Reddy said, I signed with Capital 10 years ago, and when you're with the company so long, they tend to take you for granted. For the last three years, I didn't feel I was getting the support from them. May 1981 had the release of Play Me Out, Reddy's debut album for MCA Records, which Reddy said had made me a deal we couldn't refuse. We shopped around and felt the most enthusiasm from MCA. MCA released one further Reddy album, Imagination, in 1983, and it would prove to be Reddy's final release as a career recording artist. The unsuccessful Imagination was released just after the finalization of Reddy's divorce from Wald, whose alleged subsequent interference in her career Reddy blamed for the decline of her career profile in the mid-1980s. Several of my performing contracts, she said, were canceled, and one promoter told me he couldn't book me in case a certain someone came after him with a shotgun. Reddy states that she was effectively being blacklisted from her established performance areas, which led her to pursuing a career in theater, where Wald had no significant influence. A frequent guest on talk shows and variety programs in the 1970s and early 80s, with credits including The Bobby Darren Show, The Carol Burnett Show, and The Muppet Show, Reddy helmed the 1973 Summer Replacement Series for The Flip Wilson Show. Reddy had become friends with Flip Wilson when she worked the Chicago Club Circuit early in her career. The series, The Helen Reddy Show, provided early national exposure for Albert Brooks and the Pointer Sisters. Also in 1973, Reddy became the semi-regular host of the late-night variety show, The Midnight Special, a position she retained until 1975. In 1978, she starred at the London Palladium in her own show, and an LP was issued by EMI on Capitol Records, Helen Reddy Live at the London Palladium. Reddy's film career included a starring role in Walt Disney's Peach Dragon, introducing the Oscar-nominated song Candle on the Water and the role of a nun in Airport 1975, singing her own composition, best friend. For her part in Airport 1975, Reddy was nominated for a Golden Globe for Most Promising Newcomer. Female Reddy was one of many musical stars featured in the All-Star Chorale in the film Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, 1978, and she later played cameo roles in the films Disorderlies, 1987, and The Perfect Host, 2010. In 2007, Reddy had a voice cameo as herself in the Family Guy television show Star Wars parody, Lou Harvest. She played a Red-themed Reddy member of the Red Squadron, alongside Red Five, Chris Griffin, Red Buttons, Red Fox, Big Red, Red October, Simply Red, and others. In 2010, she guest starred on Family Guy again, singing the opening theme song for the show's, for the fictional Channel 5's news telecast. In the mid-1980s, Reddy embarked on a new career in the theater. She mostly worked in musicals, including Anything Goes, 
Call Me Madam, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, and both on Broadway and the West End, Blood Brothers. She also appeared in four productions of the one-woman show, Shirley Valentine. Reddy announced her retirement from performing in 2002, giving her farewell performance with the Edmonton Symphony Orchestra. The same year, she moved from her longtime residence in Santa Monica, California, back to her native Australia to spend time with her family, living first on Norfolk Island before taking up residence in Sydney. She also earned a degree in clinical hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. She was a practicing clinical hypnotherapist and patron of the Australian Society of Clinical Hypnotherapists. At a ceremony in August 2006, Reddy was inducted into the Australian Recording Industry Association's Hall of Fame by actress-singer Tony Collette, who described her song, I Am Woman, as timeless. The song was performed by fellow Australian Vanessa Amorosi. In April 2008, Reddy was reported to be living simply and frugally off song royalties, pension funds, and Social Security, renting a 13th floor apartment with a 180-degree view of Sydney Harbor. Her apartment had been recently appraised, causing Reddy concern over its future affordability. However, the New York-based landlord learned his tenant's identity and wrote her, I had no idea it was the Helen Reddy who was living in my unit. Because of what you've done for millions of women all over the world, I will not sell or raise your rent. I hope you'll be very happy living there for many years to come. For several years, Reddy maintained that she would not return to the stage. In 2008, she stated, It's not going to happen. I've moved on, and explained that her voice had deepened to a lower key and she wasn't sure if she'd be able to sing some of her hits. She also said she'd simply lost interest in performing. I have very wide-ranged interests, she said, so singing Leave Me Alone 43 times per song lost its charm a long time ago. In 2011, she was interviewed by Australian television and said she was very happy to be retired from show business. But in 2012... Reddy decided to return to performing after being buoyed up by the warm reception she received when she sang at her sister's 80th birthday party. I hadn't heard my voice in 10 years, and when I heard it coming over the speaker, it was like, oh, that's not bad. Maybe I should do it again. Reddy explained in 2013. On July 12, 2012, Reddy returned to the musical stage at Crook's Jazz Bar in San Diego, and for a benefit concert for the arts at St. Genevieve High School in Panorama City, a neighborhood of Los Angeles. Reddy also sang a duet, You're Just in Love, with senior choir member Rosalind Smith. Being more in control of her performances also appealed to Reddy, who said, I have more leeway in the songs that I choose to sing. I am not locked into what the record company wants. She explained, one of the reasons that I'm coming back to singing is because I'm not doing the greatest hits. I'm doing the songs that I've always loved. So many albums are cut that never got any airplay, and they're gorgeous songs. She also performed many of her best-known songs, including Angie Baby, 
You and me against the world. A medley of Delta Dawn. Ain't no way to treat a lady. And I am woman. Reasoning on the latter that the audience comes to hear it. Reddy appeared in downtown Los Angeles at the 2017 Women's March on the 21st of January, the March for Women's Rights and Unity following the inauguration of Donald Trump brought out 750,000 people. Reddy was introduced by actress Jamie Lee Curtis and sang an a cappella version of I Am Woman. Reddy became a naturalized American citizen in 1974, saying after the ceremony, I feel like I'd like to have a cup of tea and a good cry. She resumed her Australian citizenship when the subsequent opportunity to maintain dual American-Australian citizenship became available. Reddy was always active in community affairs. A little bit about her family and personal life. Three of Reddy's forebears left Ireland and went to Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. A distant cousin, New Zealand Governor General Patsy Reddy, is descended from their mutual New Zealand forebearer. Reddy was an enthusiastic genealogist. She researched her family's history extensively and founded the Tasmanian Genealogical Society. Genealogy is addictive. It begins as an interest, becomes a hobby, then a passion, and finally an obsession. Not only with each generation uncovered does the number of people to investigate double, but so too does the desire to understand the forces that shape them, she wrote in her autobiography. At age 20, Helen married Kenneth Claude Wheat, an older musician and family friend whom she says she wed to defy her parents, who wished her to follow them into show business. The couple separated not long after the birth of their daughter Tracy. In 1968, she married Jeff Wald, a native of the Bronx. She converted to Judaism before marrying Wald, with whom she had a son, Jordan, born in 1972. In a 1975 People interview, Reddy admitted that her relationship with then-husband and manager Wald was volatile, with the couple having huge, healthy fights, but that she owed her success she was then the world's biggest-selling female vocalist for two consecutive years to Wald. He runs it all. Naturally, when the moment of performance comes, I have to deliver. But everything else, it's him. It's not my career. It's our career. By January 2, 2081, Reddy and Wald had separated, and he had moved into a Beverly Hills treatment facility to overcome an eight-year cocaine addiction, a U.S. $100,000 per year habit. Reddy subsequently filed for divorce, yet withdrew her petition the next day after filing it, stating, after 13 years of marriage, a separation of one month is too short to make a decision. In 1982, after finding evidence of Walt's continued substance abuse, Reddy again separated from him, and initiated divorce proceedings, which this time went through in January 1983. They agreed to shared custody for their son Jordan, but later became embroiled in a court battle after both filed for sole custody. Her son later changed his surname to Summers and became her assistant. 
In June 1983, she married Milton Ruth, a drummer in her band. The couple divorced in 1995. In August 2015, unnamed sources revealed that Reddy was diagnosed with dementia and had moved into the Motion Picture and Television Fund's Samuel Goldwyn Center, where she was cared for by family and friends. Reddy died on September 29, 2020, in Los Angeles at the age of 78. She suffered from Addison's disease and dementia in her later years. We felt that with the recent deaths of such a remarkable entertainer as Helen Reddy, we would depart this week from our usual episodes featuring artists from the golden days of radio to include an episode in tribute of a wonderful person and a great contemporary entertainer. Helen Reddy will be forever loved and long remembered. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you're having as much enjoyment as we are reliving some of the unforgettable memories from the golden days of radio. To learn more about the career of today's artist and listen to several of their greatest hits, we invite you to go to our website, www.goldengems.net. May we also encourage you to tell your friends about the show. We would love to have them join us in these little trips down memory lane. And as always, we invite your feedback or comments on goldengemsradio at gmail.com. So until next episode, this is Dave and Bill heading back into the archives to dust off some more unforgettable memories to share with you on Golden Gems.